0: Welcome to Doc Student 101, a podcast where we discuss the necessary skills and unique challenges of doctoral education. With your hosts, Dr. Lania Rademaker, Dr. Peter Williams, and Dr. Scott Self. Hey y'all.
1: Good morning, Peter and Scott.
0: Oh, Scott. Hey, Hi Scott. Hi Lania. I opened this up differently than I normally do. I usually say hey, you guys, but you're I you're exercised good. our southernness today. You said
2: y'all. It, did you say I
1: did. Favorite, favorite Southern phrase. I'm, for I a
2: guy from Colorado. That's.
1: I'm a Jersey girl and I love y'all because it just is. Sometimes I slip and say you guys, but which would well, be appropriate here. But you know. yeah,
0: linguistically, it recovers this plural you that uh, English has lost. So it's nice. It's y'all, it's nice y'all. that the Southerners have stuck in for us and helped us fix mm-hmm. the errors gender, of English. Gender neutral. Yeah. <laughs> fits all the things. Um, so as we were preparing for today, we, we were thinking about what it means to set goals and some of the challenges that our students are experiencing when they set goals. And, uh, I'm not, it's not lost on me that the conversation as we were preparing kind of started with Linnea, one of your students having achieved their goal. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, you know what? What students need to know is when you earn your doctorate, we kind of brag about that behind the scenes and say, "So and so just earned their doctorate." I got a new doc. I'm it's a uh, doc. yeah, and and so, um, but as we were thinking about what that looks like, we were thinking about how the story is different for each person. Uh, the pathway is different for each person. And what are some of the challenges that students are experiencing when they think to themselves, "I'm going to finish by May of 2022, and if I don't finish by the May of 2022, there are going to be consequences." Uh, we try to we try to set ourselves uh, some kind of goal, and and I think a metaphor for understanding this, we've all had the experience where we've realized. Um, we've, we need to set a smart goal. We need to set a time um, a time marker. And because we're going to set that time marker, it needs to be something that we feel like motivates us and pushes us forward. And so we do these kind of goals where we say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a week, or I'm going to earn a PhD in two years, or I'm going to... And we set these very ludicrous goals that really are unachievable on their face. Um, but either we thought that that would be useful or we didn't realize, we thought it'd be useful for motivating us or we didn't realize that that was not possible. That it was not a likely goal to reach um, because we didn't understand some of the things that might happen along the way. So that's kind of where we want to go today is the mythology of what it means to set a goal, a long-term goal like Earning a doctorate or finishing my dissertation, um, and get y'all's uh, perspective and wisdom on how that kind of what works, what doesn't work.
1: I think it's really helpful for students to set goals. Let me make that very clear from my perspective. All of my students, I challenge them to set a goal for a term, to set a goal for, to set a goal for, um, maybe the month to set a goal for the week what they're going to get done because uh, that process in and of itself helps them focus on all of the things that might hamper them in achieving that goal the large goal of completing the dissertation which we know is going to take a year two years three years depending upon the person you as a new doc student you don't know and you can't conceive of all of the hurdles that might change that goal focus. You can't conceive of family issues, job issues, uh, chair, faculty, all of the the writing issues. You can't conceive of those because you haven't done it before. So while it's helpful, I also try to counsel them to be willing to be flexible and, and move that goal depending upon what happens to you. And maybe move yourself, maybe you need to be really targeted about scheduling time on your calendar to do your writing, or or finding a babysitter for that one night a week that you're going to really concentrate for four hours or whatever it is, you know, um, you you don't know that until you're in it.
2: Yeah, I think that really, um, when we talk about the mythology of goal setting, it's not that goals are a bad thing, but often that we don't know um, how to do it. So on the face, um, you mentioned, Scott, a goal might appear to some of us to be ludicrous. It's like, well, no, you're not going to finish the doctorate in 18 to 24 months or even maybe even 36 months. But to the the student who's doing their first doctorate, (laughs) (laughs) it may appear reasonable. Mm-hmm. Because they see somebody else did it. Um, so there's this mythology of all, uh, knowing more than you, uh, not knowing what you think you know, uh, or um, as Kahneman calls it, you know, what you see is all there is. Your brain operates as if what you see is all there is. And you mm-hmm. cannot see the journey ahead of what you were saying, Linnea. <laughs> you, can't, you hadn't done the journey. You can't see the journey in, in everything that um, is involved, even when it's within your control, um, it, plus all the stuff that's out of your control. So the the mythology of that, you can't actually set an accurate long-term goal as far as the completion of your doctorate when you're in the first half of it hmm. is probably one of the myths that we should debunk.
1: I just remember from my, my doctoral journey, um, one of the uh, young men that started with me um, had a goal of finishing from beginning of program to end of program in two years, and you know I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But some other people thought that, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And I, I you know, even at that point, this guy uh, was married. Uh, his wife worked full time and was supporting him in college. He was not working an external job, and he lived on campus in married student housing, right? They didn't have any children at the time. I lived hundred miles away. I commuted into campus three, four days a week. I had four children. I also worked a part-time job. My husband worked a full-time job. That's not even beginning to be realistic for me to think that with my different context, and context is everything, we talk about this in research, but in life it is too. With my context, that's not realistic. And and that's just one of the barriers that can debunk your myth that if they can do it, I can do it.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard this phrase um, in different ways, but don't judge your backstage by someone else's front stage. Uh, the idea that you know whatever happens in front of the curtain doesn't um, you know we sometimes play our own story against what it appears is going on in somebody else's story you never really understand all of the variables that that account for their variances and how that's different from yours, do you? It's not something that you're going to really be able to, it's not the same. It's not, your story is not the same as somebody else's story. Um, And I think too, I I really appreciate the idea of being flexible. I will say that I think one of the things that freaks students out is that flexibility equals not going to make it. If I don't reach this goal, and we end up with this kind of binary thinking, which is either I'm going to finish on May 31st or I'm not going to do this. And I literally have a student um, right now who, who, as we were talking, made that, that, that claim and she got it out. That's when she started to say, okay, I guess I don't believe that. But we had to process it because where it was getting to was if I don't meet this goal, then I'm not going to finish. And that's absurd, but it is a kind of absurd thinking that we all sometimes fall into. If I can't lose 20 pounds in two weeks, I guess I'd just eat another a whole pizza. It's it's either or. We either do one or the other. And it's a very, very difficult, You know, and I'll get the heartburn with it. Uh, it it's very, very difficult to do something we're, We give ourselves room to understand what a realistic timeline is.
1: Do you you, gentlemen, when you are uh, working with your doc student, tell us about how you um, have these conversations and tease out these expectations and have students talk about them and move them towards a realistic understanding? I think that would be interesting for our readers, listeners.
2: Yeah, I have a conversation with folks, first of all, to encourage them to make a goal and then to tell them, well, that's not really, that's a very tentative goal. And you can use it for motivational purposes now to keep you focused, but just realize you're not, you're probably not going to meet it. And that's fine because it's a kind of a, an arbitrary, you know, date on the calendar, like your student Scott uh, that you had to work through and be a therapist for. <laughs> um, but it's It's a very tentative goal And, and then I talked to him about Okay, so that's your completion date Do you know how long it'll, you'll wait For your IRB application To come back And how many revisions you'll need mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. On that um, Have you kind of blocked out a, a month roughly for that If it's a pretty good application going in um, and And that's a conservative time, because sometimes it takes six weeks. and um, Or have you, do you realize how many revisions um, of your chapter four you're going to need to write? Uh, and each one, assuming you get right on it um, and turn it around in a week with substantial revision, is a three-week turnaround, because I'm not going to review it The minute you send it, Um, I have 10 business days. Not that I try to drag it out, but I've got, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll plug it in.
0: Yeah.
2: I've got plug it into my queue. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, it's like you don't know the journey ahead because you hadn't been on the journey ahead. And that's fine. But let's make sure that you're flexible and you're kind of um, arbitrary and highly unlikely date. Of completion,
0: for me, Linnea, it comes down to really unpacking what goes into, specifically when it comes into specific target dates. What what is what's driving that um, obsession on a particular date? It may be that there's something that needs to be accounted for. Maybe the spouse is moving, and you need to be done so that you can leave because you're in a residential program, that's a that would be a reason. Um and in in which case I'd be very motivated to help you find that date. Sometimes it's because of finances. <laughs> you know, when a student looks at another paying for another three hours of dissertation, um because IRB took six weeks instead of their what they thought might be five days, that stinks. And that expense starts It starts to weigh on people's minds. But I think there's also something about being a first-generation college student that plays into this a little bit. Um, So I do want to talk about the first-generation angle um, because I experienced this myself uh, at different points. I I didn't want to be a speech pathology major when I was an undergrad. I got talked into it one day, like the first day of school, and I really wasn't all that interested in it. I liked my teachers, but I didn't really want to do it. But I came home and I was talking to dad that summer about how dad, I, I don't really like this major. I'm thinking, what would it be like to change my major? And I remember dad saying, well, when you start something, you finish it. And I get where he was coming from. That's how you survive in his in the blue collar culture uh, from which we came up uh, or in which I came up. That That's a thing. You If you start something, you finish it. That's the key to success is finishing what you start. But that's not relevant advice to higher education, it turns out. And the same thing is true, I think, for a lot of first-gen students, for example, is that we think the way you make this work is against... um, We don't have the narratives of people who took seven years to do their doctorate and were okay. And they were okay. We think we've got to. This, the, the key to success is getting this done so we can do the next thing so that we can get on whatever track everybody else seems to be on.
1: I took six, so I can give you my narrative. I really <laughs> took five. I took a year off in between there because of family issues, but all told, beginning to end was six years. But you yeah, know, I took, I
2: took five and I thought, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I got a family and commuting. Oh, it wasn't it became
1: fine. fine. I'll tell you that it became fine. Yeah. And and I it became fine because uh, halfway through the coursework, I was just struck by how much I was enjoying the learning. Uh, yeah. And I'd done an early research project because I didn't have a, a research master's. I had a, a music performance master's, so I had to do an early research, like a master's level research project. And I enjoyed that so much and I wanted to learn more. And, and I think that changed my goal setting. And, and my, you know, when we went through illness and I had to slow down, it's like, I'll get it done. I really want it. I knew I really wanted it.
0: And it took me 28 years. And some of, some of the reason it took me 28 years was this all or nothing mindset. Because frankly, I mean, I, I think it would have taken a lot less time if I had just been willing to adjust my timelines and not walk away, um, just adjust my expectations and be okay with changes in my timelines. But it was a learning process for me because I, I do I do this thing where I'm I'm all or nothing, man. I'm either going to eat only broccoli for three weeks straight or I'll just eat chili's hamburgers for three weeks straight. It's one or the other man. <laughs> it's so difficult for me to figure out what is that space between setting a goal and being flexible about it.
2: I think you can put broccoli onto your hamburger every once in a while <laughs> or maybe a side of broccoli you know it's like uh, that's a good good analogy though and most, First generation college students aren't, you know, even those of us who were continuing generation, you know, our parents at some point got a degree. Uh, we still didn't know the doctoral journey. Yeah. Um, and and the first generation college student, who is perhaps the first person in their extended family to do a graduate degree, is operating from at least a family basis of you know, a, a lack of awareness of what it involves um, and the flexibility it involves and the the, the depth of um, the number of hours it takes to accomplish each um, each step along the way. So, you know, it's totally understandable that if you make goals that it would be probably an inaccurate or not a Possible goal. If it seems like a stretch goal to you, it may be unachievable, and it's fine for motivation as long as you're flexible enough with and graceful and gracious enough to yourself to say, "Hmm, I'm going to move that out a couple of months because um, even if I go the last two weeks leading up to the goal, not sleeping, not working, not talking to anybody, working straight, there aren't enough hours to get it all." Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I learned that when I had children. You, you set a goal. I'm going to be here at this time and it probably won't happen. And then I went on and had four. It's just, it's just very difficult to make goals when there are so many factors that you can't account for in the future. Yeah. You can't account that your baby's going to have a blowout and it's going to set you back 20 minutes as you clean everything up before <laughs> you walk out the door. Right. That's realism. Uh, one day I was going to class um, at Bradley I was doing my undergrad and my second child, I walk out the door. I'm going to be on time for this class because this professor is like, no, no nonsense. It's going to be mad if I'm not there. And he trips down the steps and he splices his chin open and we got to go to the yard. We got to get stitches. And I just missed the whole day. Yeah. You can't account for that. You, (laughs) you just have to adjust your goal and, and move on with it. And so all of those things happen in family life, in, um, mm-hmm. in your job, in just day-to-day living. We'd, how did we know we were going to be a pandemic in 2020? And then we would all be shut down. We'd be working from home with children by our side or dogs on the computer and cats on the computer. You know, we did not know that. And you don't know what's going to happen in a, in a doctoral journey. You don't know all of the factors that are out of your control. Like you mentioned, Peter, IRB, revisions, all of those things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see those things, but you don't know what you don't know as you're going through the doctoral journey, except those weird, very few people like the 0.01% who are getting a second doctorate.
0: Yeah. That's a weird, that's a weirdo.
2: Right. We're not even talking about them. We don't talk to them in real life because they're they're just kind of overachieving. I I did have a
0: professor in seminary who had a PhD in new Testament and a PhD in old Testament. And I was just like, you're trying too hard, man. (laughs) Get out of here. Just get out of here. (laughs) Um, Uh, One of the, one of the things I think can be helpful. One way, let's talk about how to make this work. One way that I think can make this Work is to think about the difference between due dates and target dates. Target dates are flexible, and so what we do in project management or in time management is oftentimes we'll we'll only assign due dates to things that actually have due dates. If you have something you have to deliver to somebody, that's a due date. Um, especially if they have to, if they have contingencies that that are based upon that. Right? If this doesn't happen by May 31st, we all just give up. That's a due date, but a target date is uh, I've tried to account for the variables that I think are going to be coming my way. Um, and if everything goes well, for example, if my IRB only takes a week and if um, if my committee members all return their feedback to me in two days instead of 10 days, and if, um, you know, my data comes in cleaner than I uh, uh, would hope for. Uh, this, is, you know, if all these things come together, maybe I could get done by here. So let's set that as the target date. But then, yeah, or get all the participants I need, right, Linnea? That then, if I'm uh, if I'm able to put things together, I have a target date. But that target date is literally a target. It is not a due date, and it's not the same thing as a due date and hold off on those due dates until things are actually due and make due dates things for this is a non-negotiable i don't have any more money left or I'll, if this will take another 3 years if i don't meet this goal that's that's a due date um, you know uh, if you if you're not going to have access to a sample any longer that'd be a due date So think about the difference between uh, uh, target dates and due dates is one suggestion.
1: And use your chair to help you back map those things, because that's what your chair is for. Not just to tell you you're writing good or you're writing bad, but to look at your goal setting and talk about all the things that you might not be aware of that could intervene there. And so one of the things that I do with students is say, well... You know they've got 10 business days you might get it back in three but it might be 11 is there a holiday did they get sick did right now did they get COVID? i mean all of these things can push it back that are out of your control and your chair can help you think about all of those factors your irb submission is clean i've reviewed it as much as i can Um, but it's an expedited, they may push it to full board. I don't know that. That's not in my control, that's not in your control. That's up to the IRB committee. So you have to be prepared for that and the amount of time that it's gonna take. And um, you don't have control over that. So let's back map and allow it. That means you may have to really write steadily 40 hours a week for a couple months so that you get this done earlier to allow for those potential barriers.
0: And Linnea, you mentioned something else that I think is really important in measuring one's um progress toward a long-term goal. And that is to focus on the lead measures instead of the the, the lag measures. So so if I work for an organization and we have some goal that we're going to um we're gonna make a million dollars, that million dollars is a lag measure. Either you have it or you don't, right? But lead measures are the things that play Actually, into that. Hmm? Yes.
1: The action
0: plan. The action plans, yeah. And so yeah. in the in re- relation to a dissertation, that could be something like, Go ahead. Uh, it could be something like, did you spend time writing this week, right? Did you write, for, did you work for four hours? And if yeah. you work for four hours, that's a lead measure. You made right. progress. You don't necessarily know um, whether you're going to meet your target date or not because of that. But at least you did what you could do. Um, at least you took actions and you, and you, you can control the the lead measures. You can control whether you worked on this this week or not.
1: And I find that students have a hard time thinking about those things. Yeah. They, they Especially the students with families and jobs, which is almost all of our students in our program now. They want to put writing as the last priority. If I have time on Saturday, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm saying that's a realistic thing that happens. Yeah. And I say to them, well, you know, you really need to schedule the time. I, my calendar, and we've said this before in time management discussions. My calendar has uh, not just meetings on it, but it has review times. If someone sends me, like you mentioned, Peter, a, a, re, a draft to read, it goes on my calendar, in my queue, at a place where I know I'm going to have. Right now, I have three, three dissertation deliverables to review over the next two days. Besides all of the other things I do for the job, the meetings, um, uh, meeting with students, meeting with faculty, um, uh, re- reviewing IRBs that I do, all of those things are on my calendar because if not, I'll be like, "Oh, I have all this free time." <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really say that, but mm-hmm. you know, y- you have to schedule the writing time. You have to schedule the reading time. You know, for me, when I was a doc student. The reading and coursework was intensive at the beginning because it was a new field for me. The jargon was unknown. I would take one article with me to my daughter's dance class or my son's soccer game and uh, sit in the car. And um, I was not a soccer mom. I sat in the car and read my articles and tried to decipher what they meant, sticking my head out to go, yay, let's (laughs) go.
0: That's a PhD (laughs) mom.
1: I mean, I mean. They had to be scheduled in there or it right. didn't get done. Right. Yeah, and mean, mean, that's what I
0: mean. That's what I mean by lead measure. You can control whether that happens or not. You may not right. be able to control whether you finish by May 31st. You can control whether you did something today.
1: And thinking about it weekly means that, okay, you set up these 20 hours of reading across the seven days. Did that happen? Well, no, 14 days. Okay. So what what intervened that you didn't expect? can you pre-expect that for next week mm-hmm. so that you do get the 20 hours in and that's the goal of each week is to try to uh, use what happened last week to refine those goals to be clear and more precise for the next week
2: yeah i think that's really a very important thing that um being in the process and learning what uh, what barriers come up reflecting on those and using that to predict again in the coming week or period of time what how you can actually get done um what you need to get done whether it's 15 or 20 hours of reading and writing um which often it is because it, it's not going to get done without the time the focused time spent on it and if uh you can adjust those things going forward, predict the barriers. A lot of them are predictable. If you, you know, to say, I'm going to do 20 hours. And if I asked you, okay, what, where are the 20 hours going to come from? Oh, 30 minutes a day. I said, that's not 20 hours. Well, okay. I'll put in 10 on Saturday, 10 on Sunday. So do you have yeah. family? I mean, you know, It starts
0: to sound like Scott's going to eat broccoli for two weeks. Right. right. It yeah. starts to get, it's, it starts to get unrealistic.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it it's not going to get done if you can't schedule the time and you can manipulate your calendar. Most of us can, to some degree, to get a little bit of time every day. We may have to be creative, but that's where the project management mindset really comes in handy. It's like, okay, what can I get done? What small step can I take today? if i can take one before noon what small one can i take in the afternoon during my smoke break or whatever Mm -hmm. um because you should quit smoking in a doctoral program anyway if you didn't already
0: because it saps your energy (laughs) at least (laughs) wait at least do it by the time you finish goals man goals